your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey everyone, welcome to this Tuesday afternoon episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Um, in case you all are not aware, we've got a new podcast that will help you get more hockey smart. It is called the Cross Check Podcast, hosted by Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. It goes deeper into NHL stories than any other podcast with the help of the smartest minds on the ice. Follow the Cross Check Podcast on the Audacity app or whatever you get your podcasts. Um, Otherwise, happy May the 4th day to you all. Happy National Star Wars Day. I absolutely love that franchise. And if you don't like Star Wars, um, you know, maybe I don't like you. No, I'm just messing around. But uh, Star Wars is absolutely amazing. We do have a lot to get to uh, for today's episode and recapping um, whatever the hell that game was last night by the Pittsburgh Penguins. And yes, I will have my full, complete, uncensored thoughts on what transpired in the Rangers-Capitals game with regards to Tom Wilson later on the episode. But to start things off, I'm just a pretty brutal performance last night, I thought, by the Penguins. Um, I've talked about this, I think, um, a few episodes ago, in case you all did not hear. Jesse Marshall had this great tweet out um, from The Athletic, and he said, you know, you can kind of know how a Penguins game is going to go with how they look in the first five, 10 minutes. I think he posted that about about a week ago. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to start looking for that because honestly, I hadn't been really doing that before. So Sunday I I was looking at it. I'm like, okay, you know, they're definitely going to win this game with how they're forechecking and how they're defending. Then you get to last night's game. um, Excuse me, not not Sunday. uh, That would be Saturday's game against Washington. So my apologies. But then you get to Monday night's game against Philadelphia. First five minutes, um, they are just scrambling around, not really getting any good sustained offensive zone pressure. Um, playing bad in the defensive zone, turning the puck over, like just basically handling the puck like it's a grenade. So I'm like, okay, I have a bad feeling about this one. And sure enough, the Penguins get blown out seven to two by the Flyers. And you know, it just this game, it, it kind of annoys me, and it should annoy probably a lot of the fans, just because the Penguins had complete control of their destiny heading into last night. Two games against the Flyers, who are just ready for their season to be over. They just lost three of four to the Devils. Held the Devils took seven of eight points against them after they lost a uh, nine in a row. Uh, five of those, uh, I believe, had come against the Penguins. And it's a team that has, has one of the worst defensive corps in the league and also the worst, I think, overall team save percentage in the league. And they were just flat against them for whatever reason. Um, it looked like Casey DeSmith made that outstanding save um, with about set 13 minutes left in the first period. But, you know, basically the parallax angle, the puck was in the glove, but though the puck was across the line. I had a feeling they were going to review that. Um, I honestly thought at first glance that the puck... Uh, it hit his glove and went over the net because the puck was just in play um, a millisecond after he caught it. So I guess DeSmith must, must have just played it off quick as he tried to um, not get the whistle for them to review it. But, you know, as soon as the first TV timeout happened, um, the refs went and looked at it and it did cross the line so the Flyers were able to score there. Then the more bad puck luck went against the Penguins. Um, Captain fires a shot, goes um, over Alex Lyon's shoulder, his stick goes flying. Bouts across the net. Jason Zucker, um, I know he scores later in the game, but when you're so snake-bitten, he's just missing chances that he scores on probably nine other times. Um, Puck's basically almost laying um, right at the line about to go in, and he misses it twice, and then the Flyers were able to... um, Clear Well, I shouldn't say clear the puck. A line was able to just sprawl back and get the puck out of harm's way and cover it. There was another one, I think, just a couple minutes later where Shane Gosper reached back, cleared the puck as it was about to go in. So those were two uh, potential goals right, now, right there that were taken away from the Penguins. If those uh, 
pucks go in, um, this is a potential much different game than what we saw in the first period. And then, you know, of course, Philadelphia was able to make it 2 nothing. The Penguins PK, again, way too passive. I know they came into this game having killed off 10 of their last 11 penalties in the last six games, but they always just have these moments where, again, they're way too passive. They're not putting any pressure, you know, on someone like Shane Gosper or even when the puck went to Giroux or Couturier or Voracek. I really don't understand it. You know, they can be so aggressive at times like they were in these last six games where they were killing up penalties off in a pretty good fashion, but then last night happens against the Flyers who don't even really have a good power play. I think their power play is 21st overall in the league heading into last night, and, you know, they're looking like the Harlem Globetrotters out there, so I really don't understand that. Um, if Pittsburgh does not get that fixed here um, going into the playoffs, that is 100% something that can cost in the playoff series. You know, you can still win games with a good power play. You saw last night the two power play goals and a not so good PK, but can you win a Stanley Cup with 16 games of that? I am not so sure. And the Penguins need to get that figured out quickly because the playoffs are just about, what, a week and a half away now. So it's been a problem all season. I'm not expecting it to be fixed by the playoffs, but, you know, crazier things have happened um, before. And then, you know, the Flyers were able to make it 3-0 and then 4-0, especially with the 4-0 goal as, I, mean, I think that was the one where Giroud, they were just a really weird bounce off the boards and Giroud just had a nice shot pass to Smith. And, you know, that that was all she wrote. You know, four quick goals and the game is basically over. I know the uh, Penguins made it um, a bit close in the third period. They were able to cut the lead in half and then Joel Farabee was able to make it 5-2 to two with a nifty move around Brian Russ. But overall, um, these games are really frustrating just because, you know, like I said, the Penguins have control of their destiny. They win these four games. They win the division. They get home ice for the first two rounds. Now, even if you win these last three games, say you beat the Flyers tonight, which, you know, I think is a very um, real possibility. I, I would actually uh, bank on it to happen because the Penguins have been really good coming off bad losses. Remember everyone, um, this was the same team a few weeks ago where they gave up eight goals to the Rangers at Madison Square Garden. They come back the next night and win what? Three to one, four to one, something like that. So I would expect a response tonight, but still, it is annoying, especially coming off two very emotional wins against the Capitals. You know, the division title's on the line. You're getting back your second best player. And I will say this. I, I did see a lot of these weird takes last night. I even had someone call me um, Hunter the Blog Guy, which I think I'm going to coin now. I'm going to make that uh, my Twitter name, Hunter the Blog Guy, even though my Twitter at is at Hunter Hodes. So it would have been better if it was just Hunter the Blog and Podcast Guy. Uh, I would just I when I, when he said that and Hunter the blog I honestly just like started laughing and spit my water out. But you know, getting back to what I was saying, um, these people were just well, you know, the, the, of course, when Evgeny Malkin comes back, the team plays like shit. You know, the team is better off without Evgeny Malkin in the lineup, and it's like you people just have brain worms. It's just these smooth brain people that literally have no idea what they're talking about and you know it's one game it's really not the end of the world here though like i said it is annoying that they kind of squandered um a chance to really be in the driver's seat for the division i know they're tied right now with washington but even if pittsburgh wins tonight they're only two points up on the caps and the capitals still have two games in hand on them so we're going to need the rangers to potentially help them out uh, on Wednesday, as that will be the last time the Caps play the Rangers this season before Washington comes home. And then we'll need some help from the Flyers in one of these, those two games to see if Philadelphia wants to win one. And then uh, Washington plays Boston to end the season just one time in D.C. But yeah, the, the people that think the Penguins don't need Evgeny Malkin, I mean, I thought Gino actually played a fine game last night. I had an assist on Sidney Crosby's power play goal to make it 4-1. to one early in the third period. I know he was a minus three, but, you know, plus minus is not really that good of a stat to go off of. I mean, he missed 23 games. He's still getting his feet back. He's still getting his motions back and everything. So he is going to be fine. I actually expect him to play even better tonight. 
So yes, while I understand that it's annoying that there's a letdown game, you know, the people that are saying that, oh my God, they're not going to win the Geno in the playoffs or they don't need him to win, blah, blah, blah. Those people are just smooth brain idiots that really don't know what they're talking about. Don't give them the time of day. I always hate those kind of people in this fan base. It goes with the same with Chris, Chris Letang. Like, oh, because they won a Stanley Cup without Chris Letang in 2017, you don't need him to win. It's like, look how Letang has been for basically the entire season. Um, if it weren't for a Charlie McAvoy and Kale McCarr, Adam Fox, um, he'd probably be a Norris finalist this season with how good he has been. But those are just, I think, most of my thoughts on last night's game. You know, you shake your head at it, you go eat Arby's. Uh, Casey and Smith had an off game, but honestly, I kind of blame the defense more for that one. I mean, they gave up, what, 37 shots in the first two periods. The Penguins gave up less than 25 shots in 60 minutes on Saturday against the Capitals. So yeah, it was just an off game from everyone involved. I think I saw Crystal Tang smash his stick after the Flyers' third goal because he was so disgusted with how the team was playing. You saw Sullivan after the game talked about it. We weren't engaged. We weren't playing the right way. There wasn't that intention to detail, as he always likes to say um, in, during his media sessions. I'm sure he's going to have them ready to play tonight. You know, I, 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 would, I would love to be a fly on the wall uh, during that post-game talk that Mike Sullivan gave his team after that game. But like I said, I expect a response tonight from Pittsburgh. If they do not respond tonight and they lose again, which is a very real possibility for whatever reason, the Penguins have not played Philadelphia as tough as they have in years past. Um, I'm, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of harsh words um, at the players after this one going into the final two games against Buffalo. But coming up in the next segment, I'll have a little more on this game. Um, I'm mostly talking about um, Sidney Crosby and how he was able to finally drink break excuse me his little dry spell there as well as Jason Zucker because you know he finally scored last night but before we do that it's time to talk about 1010 it's an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today bring sure to bring joy into her life using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana 10 female design masters that each produce a uniquely beautiful ring ideal for engagement Mother's Day or simply a beautiful conversation piece the perfect way to bring light into her life they're available now through Mother's Day only on BlueNile.com to search the words 10 by 10. This collection features high quality fine jewelry that will surprise and delight and fairly priced so you can give her something special and truly meaningful. I actually checked a couple of these out. I was just you know, looking for stuff for Ashley and you know, I was just blown away by the beautiful simple ring from Luna Fenhurst. Um, if you're on the hunt for the perfect unique ring she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long though so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. And finally, we cannot forget about Wealthfront stocks, memes, rocket ships. Day trading can be a lot of fun, but if you want to grow your long-term wealth and make it to the moon, you should open up a Wealthfront investment account today. It can create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. It's trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. All you need is $500 to get started. You can grow your wealth the easy way and let Wealthfront do the work for you. To get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. That's Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL to start growing your savings. Remember, one more time, that's Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL and get started today. All right, we're back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow this show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So it has been a weird few games for Sidney Crosby. I think maybe he's starting to conserve his energy a bit. That's, I think, the main thing that I've been noticing. If you have noticed the same thing, you know, tweet me at Hunter Hodes. Tweet me at 
at low underscore penguins. But I think that's been the one thing I've really noticed with his game. He seems off. I mean, he definitely has been off, but I also think he's conserving his energy for the Stanley Cup playoffs just because I don't think these last few games mean a lot to him. But him in the top line are also getting hemmed in their own zone a lot more recently. I saw this stat, I think, from um, you know Danny Shelby Irving again. I, I probably shout him out every day on this hot podcast, but he does some outstanding work. I do want to get him back on here um, again here at some point. But since March 18th, this was the tweet that he had. Um, the Gensel Crosby Russ line, 18 goals for, 17 goals against, um, and basically they have a 47% expected goal share. So uh, that's definitely not as good as it has been uh, prior to that. I mean, I think it, their goal share was, I think, well above 53 to 55%, and they were on the ice for a lot more chances for uh, than, than against, at least before that. And they just it, it just has not been the same these last couple weeks, and you know, I don't really know what it is. Maybe they're getting some really tough competition, but it has not been the same um, for at least a few weeks now. I mean, Danny is basically just saying it's not been the same for at least almost um, a month and a half now. But like I said, with regards to Sidney Crosby, um, it was nice to see him, though, get back on the score sheet. He had a three-game goalless uh, streak. I think that's the long three-game pointless streak, excuse me. I think that's the longest he's gone without a point this season. He's now also tied Alex Ovechkin overall in points with 1,320 and I think, what, less 200 less games played. So... Congratulations uh, for Sid on that. And that goal last night that you saw on the power play, that is a vintage Latang to Crosby goal. Latang does a slap pass, sits at the side of the net, um, redirects it, top cheese. He's done that so many times throughout his career in Pittsburgh, and he just makes it look so easy. I mean, we've seen him do that um, with overtime goals before. I think he actually did one against the Flyers. I think he's done one against the Capitals. Probably done one against every uh, rival team uh, for the Penguins. But it's just it never gets old to see because he's done it so many times and he just makes it look so easy. I really don't understand how he makes it look so easy, but you know, at the end of the day, he is Sidney Crosby. But I'm really hoping we see a little more jump from him uh, tonight against Philadelphia. He usually uh, wakes up for, for those games. I mean, it, it, it basically, you don't see a game go by against the Flyers where he does not score. I mean, he scored in, what, three of the seven games at least against the Flyers this season. He's basically good for a goal per game um, against them without he's owned them throughout his career. But I want to see more from Sid tonight and um, for these last couple of games against Buffalo so, you know, I don't get a, a little concerned going in the playoffs. I mean, I'm never really concerned that much with Sid, but I just really have not liked his compete level. Well, I shouldn't say his compete level. I don't, I don't really, I haven't really liked his game um, for the last week, week and a half overall I'm sure he's going to be fine but it's just something to monitor um going forward with regards to this team um otherwise you know getting into the Jason Zucker stuff really nice to see him finally get a goal last night I mean you saw what happened when it was one nothing Philadelphia when Kapanen's shot basically dislodged Lions stick and then the puck was about to go in Zucker missed the puck two to three times I was it was basically an inch away from going in and, and that's that's what happens I think when you have a player who is in a huge rut. You know, they, they miss the easy ones, but then, you know, he can redirect a shot that looks like he's going way wide past line and make it 4-2. to two. And hopefully that is the start of the damn breaking for Zucker just because he's been so unlucky. And I think I had someone in my mentions say this to me 
last night. This comes courtesy of um, Jason Bassani, so shout out to you for this. He says, I hope so. This continues. Dude has been in a real scoring drought, but his defense checking his gap awareness before tonight has been noticeable uh, during his strong efforts, and I 1,000% agree with that. I mean, you can see that he's really trying to get to the dirty areas and score some goals and you know do well with his playmaking ability and his gap awareness, as Jason said, has been phenomenal. His play in the defensive zone has also been good. You know, I know some people were not too happy that he was elevated to the second line with Evgeny Malkin, but if you want Zucker to break out of this funk and see him play better, you should have him play with an all-world center in Evgeny Malkin. Him with Malkin and Captain was actually a really good line for the Penguins before Gino went out and missed 23 games, so... I really think you will see better play from Zucker moving forward here. And I think as Matt Geica uh, said after that goal last night, now watch Jason Zucker score like 10 to 11 goals for the Penguins in the Stanley Cup playoffs. I would not be surprised at that just because how hockey is, is so random and that that that's the shit that can happen in such small sample sizes. So yeah, I would 100% not be surprised with that. But again, good to see him get back on the score sheet. I, I've really not liked to see him be called like Derek Broussard Jr. And I get it, people. The Penguins gave up a lot to get him. You know, Kalen Addison, a first-round pick, and uh, was that basically it? I mean, sure, they gave up a contract of Alex Galchenyuk, but I mean, he's doing okay right now in Toronto. I mean, he's not a world-beater right now or anything like that. So basically, the first-round pick in Kalen Addison. I know Kalen Addison may turn out to be a really good player for the Wild, um, and some may say that it was a high price to give up for Zucker, but during last season when he was here, he was putting up some really good numbers and was almost a point-per-game player, was in the playoffs, I think was one of their best players in the return to play. I know it's been a season from hell from him, and I think they may look to move him over the summer, but you want to get this guy right. Put him with Evgeny Malkin for the few games. Put him with Malkin especially in the playoffs, and then let McCann and Carter be the duo on the third line with Evan Rodriguez or Freddie Goudreau, whichever one Mike Sullivan wants to put in there, and I think this team will be perfectly fine for it. Um, some other stuff, I know Mike Matheson, of course, did not play last night. Mark Friedman didn't really like his game. You know, I, I am kind of the opinion that P.O. Joseph should get some more time in, especially with these last three games, and maybe if Matheson is not ready for the start of round one for Pittsburgh, um, I think I'm going to jump on the bandwagon and also go Joseph Cece for that third pairing. And, you know, Pedersen and Marino, they play better when they're together. They have some of the best shot suppression numbers um, of any pair in the league. They have the best shot suppression numbers of any pair on the team. Dumoulin and Latang are obviously not going to break up. Um, but I just don't like a righty on the left side. I, I think it kind of messes it up a bit. And I think P.O. Joseph is an upgrade over Freeman. I just didn't really like his game last night. Overall, um, otherwise, I think that's basically it when talking about this game. Giving up seven goals to the Flyers is pretty embarrassing. Being two and five against them this season, definitely have been embarrassing with how the Sabres have been able to beat them. The Devils just beat them three out of four times. I mean, yeah, guys, right now, the Devils have beaten the Flyers more times than the Penguins have this season. I know the Penguins beat them when it matters most at the beginning of March with that two out of three uh, series, and Pittsburgh probably should have been all three, but... You know, with the division on the line, you don't want to have these letdown kind of games and kind of just play down to shit competition, you know, with these trap games. But like I said, I think this team will bounce back tonight. They've shown the ability to do that under Mike Sullivan this year. And, you know, let's see what they're made of. You know, not getting any points against the Flyers would be uh, pretty embarrassing for this team, to say the least. But we still have a little more to get to um, for this episode, especially with the Tom Wilson situation. And I'm probably going to roast the Department of Player Safety um, and a whole lot more. Um, coming up in the next segment. Before we do that, it's time to talk about a couple things, one of them being rockauto.com. It's a family business serving auto park crushers online for 20 years. You can go to rockauto.com and shop for auto and body parts of hundreds of manufacturers. The catalog on the site is unique and very easy to navigate. You can quickly see 
all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand's specifications and prices you prefer. You can go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And you can write locked on in their how to do hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, right below prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That is rockauto.com. Of course, we cannot forget about Bet Online. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball swing is in full swing. You can track all the action at Bet Online. You can also get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. And remember, don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website betaline.ag or use your phone to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts with a promo code locked on all right so we're back here on this episode of the locked on penguins podcast i'm your host hunter hodes remember to follow me on twitter at hunter hodes all this show is twitter at lo underscore penguins so let's get into the massive story around the nhl and that is of course another tom wilson situation in case anyone somehow did not see this um, during the game last night against the New York Rangers, Tom Wilson, when Pavel Buchnevich was just hunched over on the ice um, with his head down, he punches his head. Artemi Panarin comes after him, uh, and then Wilson basically just does a UFC MMA takedown. First off, grabs his hair and then takes him down, and Panarin got hurt on the play, and now he has to miss the rest of the season. I know the Rangers season is over, but if it wasn't, um, and he had to miss the rest of the season... Um, it, it would have been that much worse. But, you know, my biggest thing on this, everyone, and I understand the Department of Player Safety, you know, they only find him $5,000. The NHL and their Department of Player Safety does not give a single fuck about this. They never have. They never will. They have George Peros, who is a goon in his playing days, and Ray Whitney, also a pretty bad defenseman in his playing days, running the show as the Department of Player Safety leader. You're not going to get anywhere when you have two idiots with no brain cells running the show. So in a way, I kind of expected this to only be a fine, but also on the other hand, it's Tom Wilson. They suspended him. These same people suspended him seven games earlier in the season for an illegal check to the head on Brandon Carlo. And guess what, everyone? Brandon Carlo has only played in, what, three to four games since then? It is not going to be long now until Tom Wilson actually ends someone's career like Matt Cook did with Mark Savard and how I think even to this day, he still has concussion symptoms. I mean, he easily could have given Panarin a concussion last night with how he basically just UFC MMA'd him down to the ice, punching Pavel Buchnevich in the back of the head. That could also give him a concussion. But, you know, Tom Wilson's changed, right, everyone? He's a changed guy now. He's not going to do this anymore. He's a great soul. Wow, look how cute his face is. You you just, you're out to go get Tom Wilson. And this is so many of the responses that I've seen on Twitter and just these people defending him. And it's like, like, if you weren't, I'll just say this bluntly. If you are someone who is defending Tom Wilson for what he did last night, I want you to block me. I want you to unfollow me. I do not ever want to speak about hockey with you ever again because you don't know anything about the sport. Case in point, done. That is where I am at this point. I do not want to talk hockey with you if you are defending what Tom Wilson did last night because you know nothing about 
the sport and where it should be in the year 2021. This is not 1984, 1985 anymore when you have goons running around, headshotting people, UFC, MMA, people to the ice. This is 2021. That is a star player that got hurt last night. Artemi Panarin is one of the top 10 to top 15 best players in the world. And you're telling me that the NHL and their player safety does not give two flying fucks about it? I'm sorry, that is flat out embarrassing. For so many years now, we've been wanting the NHL to take this next step. They want to be considered as a top four major sport in the country, but by doing stuff like this and enabling Wilson to let him do this, it is never going to get to that point because they don't care. They still think it should be that violent sport from 1985, like I said, where you have goons running around the ice and just cheap-shotting people with no repercussions. Those are the people that are in charge. Remember, Brendan Shanahan took over the NHL's Department of Player Safety, what, six, seven years ago, was actually doing a rock-solid job at it, but then the GMs got mad and they whined because their players were getting suspended, so then Gary Bettman stepped in and then they fired Shanahan, who of course is now with the Maple Leafs, and then other people such as George Peros and Ray Whitney and Colin Campbell came in and went back to the old ways. So, Someone like Shanahan was actually trying to do the job and protect the star players, but then the league was like, no, we don't like that. Our GMs are too mad, so we're just going to give it over to two idiots who were goons growing up and playing the game. It, it just, it really doesn't make any sense to me. And I really have never understood why so many people defend Tom Wilson for anything he does. And I'm not saying that everyone does this. I mean, I actually have the privilege of knowing some really good Capitals fans, you know, Aaron, who's one of my best friends from college. Dean is, is great. I'm in a group chat with him. Um, Nathan, another guy named Nathan. I mean, two of my best friends named Hannah are, are really good Capitals fans. They know what they're talking about. Travis on Caps Twitter is also really, really good. But even they knew after last night that that crossed the line. But for some others, it's just like, why are you defending him? Like, I really don't understand it. I mean, we all got sick and tired of Matt Cook when he was here. You remember Josh Yowie tweeted this out this afternoon when it came to Matt Cook. And I'll read this tweet here. When Matt Cook was officially out of control, Mario and Ray Shiro sat down with him, told him he had a problem and that he had to change. And they absolutely did. There was a statement, I think, during 2011 when Matt Cook laid that hit on Ryan McDonough, I think was suspended for, what, 10 to 11 games. You know, Ray Shiro came out and said, we agree with this. He needs to change the way he plays or else he is not going to be on this team anymore. And that said, he did change his ways for a little bit before reverting back to his old ways, but at least he made an attempt to actually change the way he plays. Tom Wilson has not made an attempt to change the way he plays. He can say all this stuff like, oh my god, I can't be doing that, I need to be on the ice, but when you continually do shit like this and play to injure people like Vontez Perfect does in the NFL and like how even, I'll even say something with the Steelers, James Harrison did this way back in the day with hitting some Browns players. Wilson is a player that does not get it and will never get it. That is who he is. You saw him flexing in the penalty box last night. That is who he is, people. He doesn't give a single fuck about what he does on the ice. And a lot of Capitals fans and a lot of media will eat that up because, oh my God, he's our tough guy. We got to protect him at all costs. Like, I get it. I've lived in Capitals country for about 18 years. This is probably one of the biggest scumbag fan bases in all of sports. They will always defend this guy till the day he dies. He could literally go up to an orphanage 
kill a kid and they would find a way to defend him. That is how their fan base treats Tom Wilson. It is a weird cult following. I've never really understood it. It's just flat out weird to me that we are still in the year 2021 and people have to simp for Tom Wilson every time he crosses the line. It makes no sense to me. It's like, I'm, I, I promise you people, he is not going to come over to your house for dinner on Friday night for Shabbat. It is not going to happen. He is not going to come over and sign your sister's jersey or sign your jersey or whatever else you want him to do. It's not going to happen. You don't have to sim from him any chance you get. And I also just want to take the chance here. I know I did a little bit earlier and dump on the leak here. I mean... Even if this were not Tom Wilson, it still would be the same. And that is another huge, huge problem here. I mean, you see Ryan Leaves do this kind of shit. Oh, nope, slap on the wrist, fine. You see other people such as, you know, Sean Thornton in years past, Milan Lucic, yep, slap on the wrist, totally fine. They don't give a damn whether you a repeat offender, whether it's your first time. Like I said, they like this stuff. And it's, it's the old boys club. The same 200 hockey men making the same decisions every other year. This is why this sport is never going to be taken serious as much as the NBA is or the NFL is or hell, even the MLB is because they actually care about their player safety. The NFL will actually suspend players for dirty shots to the head. The NBA will suspend players for dirty play on the court. The MLB will suspend players for intentionally throwing at players' heads. But the NHL, note, headshots are fair game. And, you know, now, another thing that really pisses me off here, Andrew Shaw just retired last week at age 29. Speak of his playing career of what you will. Yes, he was a dick on the ice, but he was battling concussions for the last couple years. He finally had to call it a career. And the fact that the Washington Capitals Twitter account tweeted out that meme at the end with that rent-free thing and just, you know, playing it off as a coy joke, that is disgusting to me. And like I said, Capitals fans and their media will eat this up. They don't care. A lot of their fans, not the ones that I just said withstanding, and I'm sure there's a lot of others out there that I, that I did not mention, they will eat this up because they don't care and they see it as like everyone's out to get Tom Wilson when everyone just wants him to stop being a freaking idiot on the ice. He is a really good hockey player. That's the thing. I mean, he plays on the top line. He has a good goal-scoring touch. He goes to the front of the net. He has good playmaking ability, and he still feels the need to be a complete doofus on the ice almost every single game against every single team. I mean, what team at this point has not had a Tom Wilson incident against them? I mean, like, really? I mean, I, you probably can count them on one hand at this point. But, you know, all in all, everyone, the league does not care. They will never care. And this will continue to happen until a player is either paralyzed, concussed for the rest of his life, or has to just be, like, what, flown out of the arena or something like that. It's just really annoying to me that the Capitals and their fans, you know, just have to keep pushing this idea that Tom Wilson is a victim, you know. You know, it's just like, hold your player accountable. I mean, even I got sick of defending Matt Cook when I was 14 to 15 years old. I understood that he actually had to go out and seek help and stop doing the same stupid thing every single game. But a lot of Capitals fans in this area can't do that because they're so blinded by him. They're a bunch of homers. This is what they do. And finally, you know, I saw Ryan Whitney um, of the Spit and Chocolates podcast, which, you know, screw Barstool, of course. 
Um, Ryan Whitney puts out that tweet. Quick reminder that every GM in the NHL would take Tom Wilson on their team. It's like, Ryan, I I'm pretty sure no one gives a shit about that. And, oh, yeah, by the thanks for uh, getting traded for Chris Kunitz because I'm pretty happy that they didn't win a Stanley Cup with you in 2008. You really didn't even do anything for them that season anyway. And Chris Kunitz uh, meant more to this franchise than you ever will. So a real, really stupid take there from Whitney. I loved the response from Box Mullen. You know, very good point here from Whitney about how hockey culture as a whole enables violence violent behavior and dismisses the threat of lifelong brain damage and he's exactly right you know people don't understand that you know Gary Bettman I don't even think he understands that CTE exists and I'm sure there's going to be another concussion lawsuit coming for the league at this point I mean there's probably going to be many more throughout the years here just because of a lot of players that are, that are going to have their career ended due to concussions. Like I said, Andrew Shaw confirmed to everyone last week that he had to retire because of concussion symptoms. I mean, Mark Savard did it. Chris Pronger had to retire due to concussion symptoms. This is going to continue if the league does not get this into control. As I have said also so many times, it is the best sport, but it is the worst league and i think that is how i will end this episode of the locked on penguins podcast if i got a little heated i am sorry but i am sick and tired of the nhl enabling players like tom wilson hell you can even say it for ryan reeves as well or other dirty players around the league but you know especially with tom wilson i'm just sick of it and i think a lot of other people around the league that cover the team root for other teams are sick of it as well but you know hopefully at some point the nhl will get this under control and they'll actually give a shit about player safety. But that'll do it for this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I appreciate all of you listening to this one. I'll be back tomorrow recapping the Penguins game against Philadelphia and also previewing the game um, against Buffalo on Thursday. Um, or maybe I might do that on Thursday then post the recap to it on Friday. But we'll see with that. Um, I also will be live on the Pittsburgh post game tonight with Matt Gaka. So look out for me on that. And like I said, thank you all so much for listening to this one. Um, and we'll see if the Penguins can respond at 7 p.m. tonight. Remember, game is on NBC Sports Network if you are not in Pittsburgh, and then AT&T Sports Network if you are in Pittsburgh. But that'll do it for this one. Hope you all have a great rest of your day.